Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 282. It is Wednesday, January 13th, 2021. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and it's the January Post-Patch Tuesday episode. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Good morning, everyone, and a happy hump day. Welcome to another episode of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. It is the middle of the week, and it is the post-patch Tuesday episode. Who's ready to talk about updates? For my clients out there, we will be pushing them out later this week. Let's see what happens first, given the SolarWinds Orion issue. Um, But look forward to that later this week. The updates, oh, well, before I jump into that, um, wherever you listen to this, if you could like, share, comment, or review, that would be great. And if you do that, I promise that in February, we will also do a post-patch Tuesday episode. And if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, you can go to Facebook and or LinkedIn, search for Get HIPAA Compliance, and join the group. And I promise you, we have some HIPAA stuff for you today, including high-tech so I know you'll be excited about that. Um, but let's jump into the updates first. So SAP did release some updates to address security issues. If you're using SAP software, you may have some updates. You can visit their uh, wiki page to review what updates are available. Uh, Adobe did fix seven critical flaws and blocks flash player content. You know, I. <laughs> I talked to someone else in IT today who has a dentist for a client who uses some software that still uses Flash and it wasn't working today. It says it didn't push the, there's a Windows update as well to to um, block Flash. Um, I just think it's funny that people are still, even though they've been warned for more than a year now that this is gonna go away, um, they're still hanging on for dear life and this is a dentist and I suggested they move on from it and he said well they can't because it's customized and XYZ and it's crazy Um, but anyway I digress Adobe released seven critical flaws and will block flash player uh, updates for seven critical flaws that is Um, the flaws or the updates include Photoshop Illustrator um, I'm sure Oh, Adobe Animate, which I'm not familiar with, Captivate, um, and I'm sure if I if I look hard enough, there is probably an update for Reader because there always is PDF Reader. Mozilla released a security update for Thunderbird, so if you're using th- uh, Mozilla Thunderbird for email, you should be on 78.6.1. If you are using Microsoft, which you probably are. Here is the Patch Tuesday, 83 flaws in one zero day. Um, The zero day is for Microsoft Defender Remote Code Execution Vulnerability, which is being tracked as CVE 2021-1647. This is known to the public now, so you should update immediately to address that vulnerability. Um, Again, I have concerns because of the SolarWinds Orion Compromise and the fact that Microsoft did admit that the the attackers were on their system. Um, they say that there was no code shenanigans, but we'll see. Uh, Micropatch released for PS Exec. We talked about that a few days ago. Um, 
And let's see what are the critical updates there are. There are critical updates for Microsoft DTV DVD video decoder, remote code execution, Microsoft Edge, which was, uh, I believe that was released yesterday, memory corruption vulnerability, GDI Plus remote code execution, uh, the Defender remote code execution we talked about, video extensions remote code execution, so a lot of RCE critical patches this month. Remote procedure call runtime, remote code execution. Um, and that's all the critical stuff. And then, you know, you have the important stuff as well. So, again, I'm holding up for a few days just to make sure there is nothing sinister about this push. I don't think there will be, but I would just be safe. I feel better waiting. There are updates from Cisco for adaptive security appliance software and Cisco Firepower Threat Defense. And there's also Apple iOS 12.5.1 that was released on Monday. So, oh, and Android did release an update as well. Um, depending on what version of Android you're using, what um, vendor you're using, it may you may or may not see it right away. You may remember we talked about a data breach suffered by Capcom back uh, late last year. The there is an update to that. They were hit with the Ragnar Locker ransomware and I don't recall if we knew that already but what we didn't know is that there was th there is 390,000 people that may be affected by the ransomware attack they did steal data they, they stole one terabyte of data from the company and that may impact 390,000 people so if you are a Capcom person and have information with Capcom your your data may be at risk some hackers leaked stolen Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine data online. This is also on bleeping computer. European Medicines Agency, EMA, today revealed that some of the Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine data stolen from its servers in December was leaked online. So we did talk about that one as well. And now they're saying that some of that data is online. Uh, it does not say where, so I don't know if that's dark web or if just freely available on the Internet somewhere. Maybe I'll Google it later. Mimicast discloses Microsoft 365 SSL certificate compromised. Email security company Mimicast has disclosed today that a sophisticated threat actor compromised one of the certificates the company issues for customers to securely connect Microsoft 365 Exchange to their services. Uh, Mimicast discovered that the certificate was compromised after recently receiving a notification from Microsoft. Microsoft recently informed us that a Mimicast issued certificate provided to certain customers to authenticate Mimicast sync and recover continuity monitor and IEP products to Microsoft 365 Exchange Web Services has been compromised by a sophisticated threat actor. Whatever that means, I don't know what they consider to be a sophisticated threat actor at this point. Um, but uh, I would imagine they've already got this resolved. Um, there is no additional information to share at this point. Also on Bleepy Computer, Intel adds hardware-based ransom detection to 11th gen CPU, so that is good news. Intel announced at CES 2021 yesterday that they have added hardware-based ransomware detection to their newly announced 11th gen Core V Pro business class processors, so that is good news. That is going to be something that people will be looking for. And um, I, I think one of the the concerns or one of the concerns for Intel not for everybody else but for Intel should be that you know now 
Apple's making their own processors, and I've seen, I think I've seen rumors of Microsoft maybe doing the same thing. Um, Intel really needs to step up their game. There's been issues in the last few years with Intel processors. You know, they've always been the 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 number one processor maker and um, supplier. And when Apple stopped making their own processors years ago, they went to Intel as well. So Intel had had the lead over AMD and any other process maker. But it sounds like Intel's starting to lose some ground now with Apple now making their own processors again. And if if Microsoft is planning to do the same, this is good news. They will um, have a way to detect ransomware with their new with their 11th gen. It seems like v pro processors core v pro processors i don't know what that business class i don't know what that's going to look like financially for people but it's a start we have an update on the high tech act amendment creating cybersecurity safe harbor uh, that was signed into law as of january 5th president trump added his signature to a bill hr 7898 that amends the health information technology for economic and clinical Health Act, which is also known as High Tech Act, which is probably more commonly known as High Tech Act, and creates a safe harbor for companies that have implemented recognized security best practices prior to experiencing a data breach. So you may recall we did talk about this, um, I don't know, a month or so ago, and at that point it was being talked about, uh, and it has so it has passed. So if you are, um, if you're practice or your business associate i would assume it applies to business associates as well uses cybersecurity best practices and if you're following nist and following hiccup and things like that then and you get hit with a cyber security breach a cyber attack and they see that you are using cybersecurity best practices and i would assume that includes the security risk analysis the vulnerability assessment every year at least once a year then your penalty, your your financial penalty, may be less than that of your peers who are not practicing cybersecurity pot, good posture. So while the bill does not go so far as preventing the Department of Health and Human Services Office for Civil Rights from imposing financial penalties for HIPAA compliances, HIPAA compliance issues that contributed to a data breach, the amendment requires OCR to take into consideration the security measures that were in place to reduce cybersecurity risk in the 12 months prior to a data breach. So you have to show a history of this. The main aim of the bill is to incentivize healthcare organizations to adopt an established, formalized, and recognized cybersecurity framework and adhere to industry security best practices of doing so will provide a degree of insulation against the regulatory enforcement actions. The bill requires the HHS to consider an entity's use of recognized security best practices when investigating reported data breaches and considering HIPAA enforcement penalties or other regulatory actions. If an entity has adopted the NIST cybersecurity framework or high trust cybersecurity framework, for example, it will be taken into consideration when calculating fines related to security breaches. Adoption of security best practices will mitigate remedies that would otherwise be agreed between an entity and the HHS to resolve potential violations of the HIPAA security rule. The bill also requires the HHS to decrease the extent and length of audits. So normally they do two years. They will decrease that. Um, 
If an entity is determined to have achieved industry standard security best practices and it makes it clear that HHS is not authorized to increase fines for entities found not to have adhered to recognized security best practices. Recognized security practices are defined as the standards guideline. So basically, if you're using NIST cybersecurity framework or the high trust cybersecurity framework, which I believe NIST might be easier for most healthcare organizations to follow along. It's documented, it's very well documented. So, and I think high trust is, is a little more difficult to, I know it's difficult to be certified by high trust. So, um, go look, just search for NIST CSF or hire us and uh, you'll see what you need to do. It's really not that hard. It's a lot of common sense stuff and it's going to require a little bit of work and a little bit of, of um, software and maybe some hardware updates, but it, it's worth it. And we do have a couple of HIPAA breaches to report. The protected health information of certain patients of LSU Health University Medical Center, New Orleans, has potentially been compromised in an email security breach. LSU Health New Orleans Health Care Services Division previously announced on November 20, 2020 that it has suffered a security breach involving the email account of an employee in September of 2020. At the time, it appeared that the breach only affected certain patients who had received medical services at Lally Kemp Regional Medical Center in Independence, Leon Leonard J. Chabert Medical Center in Huoma, W. O. Moss Regional Medical Center in Lake Charles, and the former Earl K. Long Medical Center in Baton Rouge. Bogalusa Medical Center in Bogalusa, University Medical Center in Lafayette, or Interim LSU Hospital in New Orleans, so it's actually pretty significant. LSU's, LSU Health's ongoing investigation revealed the data of certain patients of its partner hospital, University Medical Center in Orleans, was also stored in the compromised email account. The breach occurred on September 15th and was discovered on September 18th. While email account was accessed by an unauthorized individual, no specific evidence of PHI access or misuse has been discovered. And I, I really think we need to change that. It, if, if you've been breached, the assumption should be made that it has been, at the very least, viewed, if not inf exfiltrated. Um, and I would oh, I would always assume exfiltrated. And guess what? We have another addition to the Blackboard ransomware attack almost a year later. Lose Delaware-based BB... I think it's BB, it's B-E-E-B-E. -E -E. Medical Foundation has announced it has been affected by the ransomware attack of Blackboard Inc. In a December 28, 2020 breach notice, BB Medical Center, Medical Foundation explained that it received notification from Blackboard on July 16th about the ransomware attack, which saw Blackboard systems compromised between February 7th, 2020 and May 20th, 2020. It only became apparent that BB data was affected in November of 2020 after conducting a review of the actual data involved. BB confirmed on December 2nd, 2020 that, a personal, that the personal information of 56,953 individuals has been obtained by the attackers. The stolen data included names, dates of birth, clinician names, dates of screening, visit dates, and a department related to medical services provided. Um, Blackboard did pay the ransom, as we've talked about before, and received assurances that the Stolen data has now been deleted. However, out of the abundance of caution, BB is issuing notifications to affected individuals. Um, I don't know what the number stands at. I know the last time I saw it was over 3 million. I'm not sure where we're at with that at this point. Um, but that's going to that's, that's gonna lead to a lot of financial loss for, for Blackboard for sure.
That is going to do it for this edition of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.